Hello, this is Mev from Gaia Kosovo, and you are listening to our first episode from the Reflection Podcast series. Our first guest, Wilbert Helslot, will share with us about his journey of volunteering and activism in the Balkans, which started in 1993 when he volunteered in a refugee camp in Croatia. At that time, the Balkan region was struck by devastating wars. His experience in the camp, the confrontation with an unknown world, and the violence of the war led Wilbert to get more involved with the Dutch branch of Service Civil International. Consequently, he was in charge of informing, selecting and preparing volunteers before their departure to the Balkans. From 1995 to 2006, Wilbert continued his journey as a volunteer and activist through the Balkans by joining different programs in Serbia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Kosovo, Macedonia and Albania. We are glad to have him as our first guest to launch our Reflection podcast series. By the way, I'm under a blanket, and it's it's quite an experience. We, under a blanket? Yeah, I'm under a blanket because uh, Celia, a cousin of hers, is doing podcasts. And I mean, she's way ahead of us. She's a professional, but apparently she records herself under a blanket. Oh, wow. Because this is uh, like... What she said, it's when, like, the audio turns out the best. Ah, all right, all right. Like, because, maybe because it stays in this place, the sound doesn't escape or something. Yeah. Well, well, I'm, well, (laughs) this is what I'm doing. I'm under a blanket. (laughs) Let's see how it it will turn out. I'm prepared for this. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Okay. So, hello, Wilbert, and thank you for joining us for the first uh, Reflection podcast that we are doing uh, here with Gaia Kosovo. And we are quite far away from each other, but thanks to technology and internet, we are able to have this conversation. Thank you, uh, hello, and thank you for inviting me. Have you done a podcast Uh, before? No, it's the first time I do a podcast. And where are you currently now? With I'm currently based uh, in Belgium with my family, Indonesian wife, and we lived. We have lived for nine years in Indonesia, mm-hmm. and my wife is now studying in uh, Belgium. And after a study, after the, the study of my son at uh, primary school, mm-hmm. uh, we plan to move back to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And uh, in your life, you you have. You have moved a lot around. Have, have you lived in different places? or? Yes, I've uh, lived in different places, but not for very long periods. Actually, the period in Indonesia was the longest uh, period, and it was uh, uh, immediately nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been long-term volunteer uh, in Serbia mm-hmm. for six months. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've moved a lot. Every time I had a home base in the Netherlands uh, mm-hmm. or later in Indonesia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Serbia and actually uh, 
the Balkans and and the countries in the Balkans and what you've been doing in the Balkans is also uh, the idea behind this podcast that we are doing. So we wanted to talk with you and ask you to share with us your volunteering and activist experience in the Balkans. So you were there in the 90s. So tell us... How did you decide to volunteer in the Balkans and where did you start and when did it all start? I was studying in Amsterdam, uh, Educational Sciences. I was studying, but I was also active in student union, uh, protesting against the government's decision about uh, cut, cuts of expenses, also for better education. Uh, so I was quite active in the student union one of the things that we were doing was also acting on international level. We were uh, we showed solidarity with the students in China in that period, in Beijing. I was also following the international news in the sense that I was uh, yeah, the, the war started in in the Balkans uh, in Croatia in 91, and since then I was following the news in the radio. Uh, te television, uh, newspapers. It, it made a lot of impression in me uh, in the sense, yeah, there's a, a war nearby going on. Uh, there were other wars, of course, in other places. But I saw an advertisement in a newspaper and they asked for volunteers for children activities in a uh, refugee camp in Croatia. And immediately when I saw that advertisement, I was said, uh, yes, that, uh, that is what I want to do now. And the feeling was like, this is the right thing to do. Of course, I had my doubts about uh, what, what it's like to be in a war area and uh, would I stand it? Uh, uh, how would I cope with an, uh, to being in a war area? But... Uh, the feeling was right, and uh, it was also at the end. It was also a right decision to do. Uh, and uh, in January 1993, I went to uh, that project in Croatia. So, and it was that was the start of a long-term involvement in the Balkans, uh, not in the terms of. Uh, long-term staying in the Balkans. I was traveling now and then. I was traveling to the Balkans to... Yeah, I've been to the, the most uh, republics there. Um, but it started in Croatia and the first impression, the first work camp made a lot of... Yeah, it was like, uh, it was like a fabricasting uh, experience. It, it uh, turned my life upwards down. What I experienced was also, uh, I went to an information evening in the beginning and they said, uh, and one volunteer who already returned from the Balkans, she said like, well, I had a good time there. And I was thinking like, uh, how, how, how in heaven's sake can you have a good time there? I experienced also, it was a very fruitful time, that first uh, project, work camp. It was with an uh, organization called Sunsokret, that uh, means sunflower in, uh, in Croatian language, Bosnian, Serbian language, whatever. 
the project was uh, indeed uh, organizing activities for mainly Bosni Bosnian refugees in uh, East Croatia. And it started with an information day in Zagreb, where we got some uh, insight in what kind of activities you could do or should do. And then I met the group and we had an uh, introduction and I noticed that we uh, were all on the same uh, same wavelength in, in the sense of uh, motivation was similar. We want to uh, support the refugees, but we also, uh, and it was my motivation also, it was also to learn from from learn from the situation uh, myself to learn what it is what it is what it is like to be in a war area um, not in the position of refugee of course but uh, at, at least to get to get some insights and to get some experience uh, to hear stories from refugees and uh, yeah feel somehow what it is to be in a war uh, zone so what what was your role as a volunteer? What kind of tasks did you perform? Yeah, well, all kinds of activities, uh, sport. Uh, uh, we did uh, theater, uh, we did games, drawings, uh, inside and outside activities. Uh, well, it was winter, so uh, it was also uh, with snowballs, uh, snow, snow activities, uh, one of activities where I concentrated on and with, uh, which I performed with Croatian volunteers was in making of a uh, camp newspaper with the teenagers. It was quite a challenge because I had to learn some uh, language of course, uh, but I got, uh, I got uh, much support from the Croatian volunteers who also were in the group. And with the help of the Croatian volunteers we managed to uh, start a newspaper uh, with the teenagers, what lasted for uh, about four or five years, I think. So uh, when I left, uh, my my initial period was three weeks to to stay there, but I stayed one week more to hand over the newspaper to another group of volunteers. So how does the timeline look? So you started in Croatia in '93. Yes. Yeah. And then Serbia comes after, or? Yeah, um, when I came back, um, it was a difficult period to go back. And um, actually, it was the most uh, heavy part to come back in your safe uh, country, in your safe area, and, uh, and walk in a shopping street and uh, do your do just your shopping with having your, the experience in in your in the back of your head or uh, in the front of your head actually to uh, and it is quite a weird weird experience because it's uh, yeah you know what you know what is going on uh, uh, like a thousand to one thousand five hundred kilometers further on and you know there's a war going on and you experienced uh, the stories you hear the stories of refugees and then you suddenly uh, are shopping in your own street and it is uh, yeah it is a bit uh, it's a bit weird to come back and uh, but, but it helped me to get back to SCI 
to the Dutch branch of SCI and to meet other volunteers where you can where we where you could share your experiences with and it helped me a lot because then you are also at that moment you're on the same wavelength you, you have gone through a similar experience and you could understand that you, uh, you can't you could understand uh, each other because you know you know what it is you know how it was like to be there and uh, from that moment i started to be active in sci in the via netherlands the dutch branch and um, i also started to prepare to recruit prepare and uh, volunteers who were going to the balkans so i started to on an organization level, I started to have contact with the partners in the Balkans and actually uh, uh, was involved in sending volunteers and preparing for volunteers. So when you prepare volunteers, you definitely talk about what volunteering is, right? And yes. So... Does has what's your idea of volunteering and has it changed from the time like from the nineties when you got more involved and and what do you think of it now? How 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 do you perceive it? Volunteering is like a concept that you uh that is very important for me, uh personally because it's uh I would like to do something that is close to my heart, uh, and that that's that's for me that is volunteering. You give something from yourself, but you also take take from others. You experience from others, and you hear from others. And you do something for other people or for the nature, and you, but you got also something back from from the work that you're doing, the voluntary work that you're doing. It actually became a way of life uh, for me, volunteering. Throughout the whole period, from the first work camp in uh, in Croatia in the refugee camp, I've been volunteering uh, all my life. And uh, sometimes I had to earn money, but then I did some uh, part-time job uh, to earn some money, and then I started uh, the next volunteering experience. In that sense, it didn't change uh, much throughout the years. Once I got more experience in volunteering, uh, I started also to more reflect on it. And sometimes I got more radical in a sense like I did volunteering, for example, with refugees also in the Netherlands, within the system sometimes. And then at a certain moment I thought uh, this system of uh, receiving refugees, uh, treating them uh, is absolutely not right so um, I also quit that volunteering and yeah in that sense uh, the way of volunteering changed that I became more uh, activist uh, uh, the vo volunteering part uh, state but the way how I perceive the society and still perceive the society is uh, like uh, uh, have have to act uh, against things. I have to act, act uh, to build up uh, things that I want to do myself for the society. So the, the way of volunteering uh, stayed the same, but uh, mm -hmm. the background, the background idea of volunteering uh, has changed somehow. 
So, mm, so did I get you right now that it moved to activism as well, right? Yeah, it moved to activism indeed. And uh, can you be both? Uh, I, I mean, you just said it that you you're can be both. But how uh, how do you combine both being a, being a volunteer and an activist? And is there a difference? The volunteering for SCI is a way of activism, but not the activism in the sense of protesting or uh, doing direct uh, non-violent action, but in the way of building up uh, things. And the, the way of building up things is, is done by volunteering. So you act in another way. Uh, the activism is has been show, has been showed in another way uh, by building up uh, things rather than uh, protesting against. I think both are needed. I felt home at SEI and I still feel home at SEI because it's uh, we showing we showing alternatives and uh, by way of acting by activism by volunteering. But is in that sense more or less the same. We, we show that, that, there, that there are alternatives for, uh, for living together. Al there are al alternatives to uh, treat uh, our planet. And there are alternatives how to uh, deal with uh, issues as uh, war and peace and refugees. Yeah, I will just explain that SCI that you mentioned a few times is uh, Service Civil International. Gaia is also a member. It's a big network uh, and uh, and it has a, his a long history this year, 100 years of being active and working towards peace and promoting peace and volunteering. So maybe also this like finding the right place and finding people with whom you have things in common, especially way of thinking and perceiving things. Yes, yeah, helps. That's right. yeah. Mm. Uh, I would go back to the Balkans again. Yes, yeah. What's your most vivid experience during your time of volunteering or being involved with what was going on in the Balkans? Yeah, the, the most uh, vivid experience is like the experiences that made me uh, kind of uh, speechless in the sense like uh, I learned something what I kept kept in mind and what I'm still keeping in mind. I can tell the example from that I met a teenager, teenager boy and he told me I don't know if the conversation was in the local language or in English, maybe it was both. Uh, but I understood that he would uh, like very much to go in the army because his brother uh, had been killed by the enemy. Yeah, I, I heard the story and I had the idea that I was uh, a peace activist. I'm a pacifist actually. But that, at that time I, I couldn't answer like... Uh, I heard this story, but it felt senseless for me to say something or to say like, uh, yeah, is it well a good idea to go in the, go into the army? It wouldn't wouldn't be the right question. I had something like, yeah, if you go, I, of course I had something like, if you go in the army, it will be more violence and will be more war and would be more shooting and killing. But I couldn't express that to him. It made me kind of speechless because it wouldn't be empathic to 
say to him, uh, yeah, please don't go to the army because uh, I'm non-violent and I'm, I'm staying for non-violence. It didn't make sense. It wouldn't even uh, work in the contrary, I, I would say, because I would uh, lose uh, I would lose trust with, uh, with him, the trust relation with him, and it wouldn't be empathetic at all. So that kind of experience, it stayed all my life also. And even when I say that I'm now pacifist and standing for non-violence, I always remember that story. Like, yeah, the, the, those issues of uh, non-violence and pacifism are not that easy. You can't say war is is useless. But like War Sisters International says and other peace organizations, war is a crime. Is a war is a crime against humanity. I truly believe in it, but on a personal level, sometimes uh, it's not the right thing to to carry on. I think it's the right thing, but I'm always uh, uh, careful, cautious to to expressed to others because mm -hmm. I know I know the reality of wars and uh, I know it is not so simple like that yeah yeah for for many people in the world war unfortunately was and is a reality and uh, then when you are in that kind of position it's survival and yeah, what you were talking about, like this confrontation of different ways of perceiving situations um, or reality because of where are you, where you're positioned. This is something that we like talk about also with volunteers coming of being mindful towards the local context and being aware that where you come from is not the same with what you find. It can be quite sensitive and there are many harsh experiences people yes, went, yeah, yeah. went through. And in that context, I would like also to add the like, uh, also, uh, it was for me personally, uh, also important uh, after the experience in uh, Croatia to hear from the other side and also actually go to the other side. Um, so I had contacts with partners uh, through sending volunteers and in 1995 I decided to go to Serbia to, uh, to hear from Serbian refugees, to hear also from them uh, what it is uh, like to be in a war. It was not an obligation, it was not a moral obligation, but I felt, I felt myself that I, uh, I had to do that and I took to get a more complete picture of what was what was going on in the Balkans. Also in the media, it was like the Serbians are the aggressors. And sometimes it was uh, pointed out, like maybe Serbia started the war and was the main aggressor and uh, killed the most uh, people. But there was not so much attention for that there were also uh, victims, uh, refugees on the on the Serbian side, and I I would I was eager also to hear their stories, and I wanted to support them as well. This for me also the the values of SCI that you hear from both sides, that you uh, work on both sides of the of the front line, and 
Yeah, that's 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 an important uh, aspect for me. Personally, I think there are no winners in in wars. So there are losses from all the sides, and there is no definitely no good in it. No, that, I, I agree with you. I think this, this is, uh, war is really destructive. And uh, even this, the so-called winners, they, uh, they also may have, have victims. They also will have veterans who are, uh, who are asking themselves later, what have I, what have, what have I done in the war? And uh, yeah, I think war is uh, really, really, really bad. Um, I don't know in which other countries, uh, which other countries in the Balkans you visited. If you've been also further yeah, south, I've, I've been in uh, I've been in Bosnia uh, later on in mm -hmm. a reconciliation project. Mm -hmm. um, also, that was important for me because it was in a uh, Bosnian village, but it was uh, um, from the Bosnian Croatian Federation. But it was in, uh, situated next to a uh, Bosnian town also, but then from the S Serbian Republic uh, in, in Bosnia. Those uh, entities, they lived together in Bosnia, but the tension between them, they were, they were still enormous. It was officially peace or, already, but uh, it was like uh, the tensions and uh, living together was... Uh, Far, far, far away. Also there, we, uh, we organized activities for children. Uh, also there, I made a children newspaper. I remember well that I went to the other side in the city of the Serbian Republic in Bosnia. Uh, there was no border, there was only a pole, but it's like, it was like crossing a real border. It's just like, okay, now I'm in another now I'm in another area, now I'm in another country maybe. It was not easy also to bring children from the uh, one side to the other side. Because you had to deal with the parents, the parents had to give permission. And even then, uh, there was a moment that we came into the community house uh, there in, uh, in the Serbian city. And then uh, there were some youngsters coming in into the community house and they were pointing at us. And I felt immediately that it was not right. So uh, luckily we had, we had a car and we decided to uh, immediately go back to the, to the village in the Bosnian uh, mm -hmm. Muslim Federation. Also that made a lot of impression in me. Yeah, well, then you moved uh, to one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, like how it, how you were perceived as a foreign volunteer and activist in the Balkans, like by the pop local population, like myself being from Kosovo. In Kosovo, we had these foreign missions here and we have many international organizations operating in Kosovo. Yes. And, and sometimes there's this feeling that like international people coming, uh, like having this expertise and this knowledge and, you know, teaching us how to do things. And it's not a nice uh, atmosphere created, like, you know, the, the, com the civilized coming to <laughs> these countries that are still at war and things like yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah. 
yeah no offense but maybe you know maybe what i what i mean and uh, this is a topic that i dis- discuss quite often also with friends and people that i know it so is. yeah h- how were you perceived and how did you how did you manage to have uh, to have meaningful maybe contact and w- with the local population? yeah i realized because i've, I've been in uh, kosovo myself too in uh, in in the uh, in the times that there was k4 and a lot of international organizations there my perception was like always like i want to uh, work together with the locals and to support them but not in a way like i want to tell you this and this and this uh, no i want to hear you what, what you think what, what uh, should be the right thing to react to that in, in a sense like what, what can be useful for the country what can be useful for you there's always a gray area where you think i'm not here at the right place I can't and I want, don't want to teach the locals like what they should do. I will, I'm always uh, very critical of myself in that sense. Like uh, I don't want to take ownership of uh, the conflict. I, I can't, I, I, I don't, I, but I also don't want to because they they are the actually actors in the conflict and they uh, somehow somehow they have to solve uh, the conflict themselves. Maybe together with others, maybe with support of others, maybe with support of me. But at the end, uh, the population has to do it themselves. And that's also difficult because I could also, uh, I could also questions like, uh, when I was uh, driving in a taxi, taxi, I got a lot of questions from the taxi driver, uh, it was in Macedonia, and after the Kosovo War, there were a lot of uh, Kosovo Albanian uh, refugees in Macedonia, and I got a lot of questions from the taxi driver. Well, what, what do you think of this, and uh, what do you think of the uh, influx of all those uh, refugees who are coming here, and uh, it's not my country anymore? Yeah, and, and then, then you sit on the bank of the taxi driver and you think of, uh, yeah, what should I answer? Some, sometimes it feels like an intrader. But then on the other hand, I got also a lot of uh, support, a, a, lot, a lot of goodwill from the population because um, international solidarity is important in a, in a war. It is extremely important that people come to a war area and from an uh, safe country on voluntary basis, like uh, and to say like, okay, I, I would like to support you. I would like to hear your story. I would like to know what is going on, and uh, and just by uh, drinking and uh, a cup of coffee and talking about it, it it made made a lot of impact on those refugees. And even even now. It's, it's now 25 years after the Dayton agreements, uh, but when uh, I made the end of the war in the First Balkan War, I have contact with a refugee who is now living in America, but he was like a child when I met him. He read my story on the international ar- website from SCI, from the archives website, and he contacted me. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to go back to the to the period, I want to hear what it was for you, but also to hear f- 
from your experience, what it was, uh, what it meant for me. That kind of uh, moments you realize, and that's uh, 25 years afterwards, you realize you 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 did make an impact only only by being there. But in in what sense? In what sense? In what function? The, the, yeah, you can you can you can ask you can ask yourself. And you uh, you always have to be careful. But it is at the end it is very important to be there. And that 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 are nice moments also as volunteer that you that you realize that that you did make an impact. Yeah, even though sometimes it takes years to realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm moving to my last question. What is your link to the Balkans now, except this uh, last one that you shared with us about the little boy who now is a grown man contacted you? Yeah. What's your link to the Balkans now? Like, do you follow news or when was when was the last time that you've been here? Uh, last time I've been there was in uh, 2017, uh, I think, yeah. It was a, a seminar from SCI. The seminar was about the refugee crisis, the so-called refugee crisis, uh, in the Balkan route uh, uh, three, four years ago, five years ago. And uh, the time that there was uh, war in that area. So there's also a comparison between those two periods. And it was a seminar, it was very nice to meet those people and to share about, yeah, well, what are the differences now? What are the refugee problems now? What were they in the past? Apart from that, I've been following, I've been following the news about the Balkans. I'm not, not, not that close anymore, of course, but I've been following the news. I have contacts there, contacts from the past, uh, for, for example, with an... Uh, trainer, peace trainer and mediator from the Balk- from Croatia that I have uh, good contact with. Yeah, it isn't, it's, it's not so close anymore, but still have a special uh, place in my heart, uh, the Balkans. Okay. Um, so is there anything that I didn't ask or that you would like to share? I'm now organizing, it's well interesting to know, if it's maybe I'm organizing now a peace festival in the Netherlands. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the subjects will be uh, uh, what is the impact of our peace work uh, in the Balkans in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an evaluation of uh, what we have done and what we have learned uh, for ourselves, but also from the region and what, what, uh, what has been the impact of our work. And that will be in uh, April of next year. And I'm looking forward to that. There are a lot of other subjects as well, but especially to that topic, uh, I'm looking forward to organize that, yeah. Mm. Okay, sounds interesting. And yeah, good luck. Uh, And I guess we will be in touch. We will uh, hear each other around uh, because now seeing each other, it's a bit more difficult (laughs) with the pandemic. And uh, thank you, thank you very much for sharing with us. I'm, I'm sure uh, if we had more time, we could go a bit more in depth about the situation in the Balkans and how it has moved or how it hasn't moved. Oh yeah, you can um, talk hours about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, for now, thank you very much for being our first guest in our for our reflection podcast and. Uh, Yeah, uh, all the best and good health. Yeah, same to you. It's just a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening. 
This episode was created with the help of Celia Duplessis and Jeremy Florent. Graphic design, Isabella Markova. Theme song, I'll Go Out to Run Now by Le Gang. You can listen to the Reflection Podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud. Back to you next week.